I'm excited. I am excited for today's podcast. It's not often that we get to chat to somebody that has changed our life in some way. And this man had an impact on many people's life. I didn't connect the dots at the time, but Bill Myers was responsible for a lot of the media I consumed growing up, and I am very excited to have him on the show today. My name is Aiden. Welcome to Songs That Changed You. And if you're new to the show, you've picked a great episode to join us for the first time. But there's heaps of great episodes. So please subscribe. Check out the back catalogue in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening from. Uh, but enough chitter-chatter from me. Let's get Bill on. <laughs> Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Songs that changed you. Welcome back to Songs That Changed You, where we discuss a song that has had a profound impact on somebody's life and joined today by a storyteller. Bill Myers, you may know him as uh, the creator of the iconic TV series McGee and Me or the uh, Wally McDougall My Life as Books. They're kind of the two touchstones for me, but I know you've got a massive back catalogue of movies and books and things. Uh, Bill, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. It's good to be here. Now, where do we find you? It looks like you're in uh, your study. Is it? Would that be right? Studio? Yeah, uh, my study slash uh, garage. <laughs> There's quite the array of bookcases surrounding you. Oh, yeah. I, I've killed a lot of trees in my life, so that they're all there reminding me, you murderer. You. Now, I mentioned McGee and Me and uh, the My Life as book series. Are they the two big ones that you constantly get asked about? What does everyone sort of bring up with you when they meet you and things? The younger crowd, believe it or not, you're still younger. The younger crowd brings up McGee and Me or sure. My Life as those goofy books. Uh, the other folks bring up um, a couple of things. I, I wrote a book called Eli, which is the retelling of the entire gospel yep. as if it happened in America today. From his birth in a back, back room hotel laundry room to his uh, lynching in the Bible Belt. Uh, so I get a lot of letters on that. And then I'm doing a new series that um, I'm really enjoying. It's sort of the same idea. It's about this agnostic who keeps getting pulled back in time and having these off-the-record conversations with Jesus kind of ruins his day for a while. And eventually Jesus starts popping up in his life. Of course, they're the only ones that see each other. And uh, so I'm getting a chance to play with the whimsical, comedic side of Jesus while still doing serious stuff. Uh, so those are the two things that are really um, excite me and that seem to be uh, paying my mortgage for the time being. Nice. You had such an impact on me growing up in the 90s. Yeah, the, the, that book series was around the time when Goosebumps was popular and my parents were looking for something that was a little bit better influence and they were like, I think you'll like these books. And I, I very quickly devoured all the ones that were available at the time and was waiting for the next one to, to come out. And uh, the same with McGee and me. We, we love that in our household. 
And you're not going to sue me for counseling or anything, are you? <laughs> no, but I did want to ask on McGee and me, like that was pretty revolutionary as far as at the time, it must have been just after Roger Rabbit was released. And so that kind of style of the hybrid of the two live action and cartooning hadn't really been done much before. No, it, it hadn't been done much. And, and the fact that uh, my roommate in film school uh, was one of the directors of Roger Rabbit. Interesting. We were sort of uh, racing each other to the finish line. Uh, I think McGee came in second, but it was a close second. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a little tricky because uh, a conservative um, publisher was, was picking up the tab. And I'll never forget the the big sale day when they're ready for us to come in and talk to all the suits. They said, now, we don't know. Is McGee the devil or is he an angel? <laughs> and I thought, oh, we're dead. We're dead. And I remember looking down at the big, long uh, conference table and going, uh, God, you got, got any clues on this? And then I suddenly remembered that I was in a psychologist's office. It was his ministry. Uh, and I said, oh, no, 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 no. He's the uh, boy's alter ego. Now, I had no idea where an alter ego was. Okay. But it sounded very mm, psychological, and they all went, oh, yes, well, okay, that's uh, we like that, okay. That's how it happened. <laughs> nice. Well, we're here to talk about a song that has changed you. What's the song that you've chosen, Bill? Oh, it's called I Still Believe, the old version of it, right? I'm sure there's a couple others by now. But this was a uh, – I played in a rock band for for a few years, so I was drawn to that type of music with a with a driving beat, and and, uh, and it pulls me through because uh, I'm out here in Southern California, trying to make a difference in the film community, and they're not always real excited to hear about God, as you can imagine. Sure. Uh, and and I'll sometimes come home from a studio meeting with uh, my tail between my legs, and that song like that with those lyrics just keeps reminding me, you know, hang in there, hang in there. Just, uh, he's still up there somewhere and he's looking over you. So just, uh, keep throwing the ball across the plate and eventually, you know, somebody will hit it. Well, this was released back in 1986 by the call from the Reconcile album. Through the storms, through the When did you first hear this? Oh, uh, probably during one of my depresso states. Okay. <laughs> I do remember listening to it uh, in, in my backyard uh, when the kids were gone, the wife was gone, so I could be even more of a fool than I normally am. And I started listening to that, and I started kind of jumping up and down going, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. And that was, uh, I don't remember when I first heard it, but that was a time when it was like, I think I'm going to keep this one for a while. Yeah, and it's one that you keep returning back to. In fact, I uh, I teach uh, at a fancy schmancy prep school. Uh, I teach one class on leadership, uh, Christian leadership to juniors in high school. And I require them to do kind of what you're doing here. I tell them each to bring in a song that had an impact on their life. So they were exposed to that song a couple of days ago. Well, for the record, I didn't steal this idea from your students. Um, let's not um, throw that around. Uh, it's an original Aiden thought. 
Bill, I think it's really interesting that you've chosen this song because this is not particularly a Christian band, but it's Christians in a band. And so Michael Bean, the singer, has been really vocal on what he believes in things, but it's not really pushed down people's throats in the same way that uh, a really straight up Christian band might be producing, which you're somebody that's producing Christian content in a secular sort of world. Would you agree? Yeah. I think so. Uh, I'm sometimes I'm caught between both worlds. If if I'm not getting raised eyebrows from my brothers and sisters, I'm getting cussed out by <laughs> by the world. That's uh, that's where he's dropped me. I, I like uh, the call because it's just what you say. They're they're talking about Christian principles, uh, but they don't use Christianese. Yep. They don't drop into into the into the cliche they they say it in a fresh way which you know as an author and a filmmaker i try to do as well has that ever been an issue as far as i would imagine walking into boardrooms and different places where you're pitching your sort of content and they're going why why would we want this this doesn't make any sense (laughs) but i tell you that makes me a better storyteller because if i can create a story that's engaging enough that they'll put up with god I've got something. Sometimes it's a little more difficult with my Christian friends, uh, my Christian publishers and producers, because they're looking oftentimes for something more on the head. And you can't fault them for that. You know, they're, they're, they've got a mission as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's caught in between the two people. But I, I, I like the creative challenge. I kind of know how to tell story, but I like getting a challenge. I like getting pushed against the wall and saying, okay, then what I like even better is turning to the Lord and going, okay, what you got? Yep. And that Holy Spirit, what a creative guy. Gracious <laughs> me. I'd like to think so. I think this is a perfect song because it definitely has exactly what you've sort of described. It has that message of, I still believe, I'm still pushing forward, I'm still going after what I think God wants for me, but not in a preachy sort of ram it down people's throats, which I I get that from your books and from your um, movies and, and TV shows and things as well. I think it makes sense why you would be gravitating towards a song like this. I not thought of that, Doctor, but now that you mention it, I, uh, it, yes, it does make sense. No, you're right. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. What would you say to those that are wanting to get into the creative field, whether it be as an author or as a filmmaker and things, from a Christian perspective, trying to break through in a way that you sort of have over the uh, last 20, 30 years? What advice would you give, Bill? You know, I didn't break in. I got dragged in. Okay. Um my whole deal is, uh, I'm sorry if this sounds um, pious, but my whole deal is obedience. At uh, 18, I was so bored with God. You know, love you. Hey, but you're boring. Because I didn't know what it really meant to be uh, all in. And so I made a promise. At 18, I made a promise always to say yes to God. Always. Regardless of how uninformed he may be of the situation, I would say yes. About six weeks later, I saw the fourth movie of my life. I'd seen Pollyanna. I grew up in the mountains in Washington State near Canada. I'd seen Pollyanna, The Parent Trap, and Pinocchio. Uh And now I'm watching The Godfather. Great film. Blood and murder. and Oh, man. And then my friends stand up and cheer at the end when the people are getting killed. 
So I walked out of that theater telling God, you know what you need to do? And thanks for asking. You know what you need to do is you need to raise up these movie guys and get them to do this movie stuff. And every time I told him what he had to do, it bounced back at me. And I argued and did all that. And finally I said, fine, I'll be a movie, uh, whatever they're called. And it's it's the same thing with the books, actually. Um, I, I got a call from a uninformed publisher back east. I'd written one TV show. It was so bad I threw my ten my shoe at the television set, and it was my script that was stunk. Everybody else did their work, but it was terrible. Right. But I get a call. I get a call from an uninformed publisher who says, "Mr. Myers, we understand that you're a famous Christian TV writer." And I said. Go on. <laughs> sure. <laughs> said, if you would take time from your busy schedule of starving, would you write a book for us? I said, sure. Hung up the phone, broke into tears. And I got C's and D's in my one writing class in college. Anyway, I, I wrote the world's worst book. And it was. It's terrible. But they kept asking for another one and another one. Everything that's happened. In, I'm doing a graphic novel. I've never done a graphic novel in my life. I got a call from a graphic novelist that says, hey, you want to do this? And I'm going, oh, here we go again. Yeah, sure. Why not? So for me, my journey is different than most of my artistic friends who are pursuing it. I'm, again, this sounds pious, but I'm I'm pursuing Christ with everything I got. And all these other good things are sort of like ancillary. They sort of... Uh, creep up and, and and surprise me. So what would be my answer if I was talking to Bill uh, several dozen years ago? Keep saying yes to God, even though it's an absurd uh, choice, and see where he'll take you. I love that. I was going to be a dentist. Come on, I had my life all worked out. Can you see me with sharp objects in your mouth right now? <laughs> hey, let me just tell you, this won't, it'll be okay. No. So it's, God knew what's best for for God, for me, and apparently for all of humanity. <laughs> Bill, that is awesome. I think that's great advice for everyone listening. And uh, I want to end on that note. Um, Bill, thank you so much for your time. We're going to check the song on for everyone in just a second. Really appreciate it, mate. Oh, well, thanks for asking. It was great chatting with you. Sure beats work. Well, no, you're working, but I'm, I'm having a good time. <laughs> sure. Uh, this is The Call, I Still Believe.
This episode of Songs That Change You was recorded on the land of the Ghana people. Each episode is produced, edited, and hosted by Aidan Grant. That's me. I'd like to also thank Zach Spencer for additional audio assistance and Pastor David Hall for helping support the show. 
If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to get in touch, maybe you have a guest suggestion or any kind of feedback, please email aidengatehotmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>